Hey girl, happy Friday. I hope that you're doing well. I hope you're having a wonderful start to your weekend. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that you're here. We got straight into this week's episode, but y'all know it get a bit serious, you know? But uh, we'll talk about eating disorders. Eating disorders, you heard me? Um, yeah, let's get straight into the episode, please. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit about my motivation for this episode. I think that I was thinking about different kinds of things that I could talk about because, you know, the possibilities are endless. And Light had suggested that I talk about food, which I thought was interesting because, you know, Thanksgiving just passed and people typically have a lot of themed holiday foods. But since I don't celebrate the holidays, it's very regular for me. And I tend to reflect a lot and process emotions that I've had in the past as well as current emotions. And what I was processing was how my relationship with food has changed so drastically, this year in particularly. I find it really important and really crucial to spread awareness about eating disorders. And by doing that, it helps to reduce the stigma because what eating disorders look like for people can be completely different. And what I don't want is for someone to invalidate somebody else's experience. And it's also really important to provide support, which can be found through an abundance of resources. I struggled and still struggle with body dysmorphia, which is, if you don't know what that is, it's essentially a mental condition when someone spends a lot of time nitpicking their flaws and imperfections. And in some some cases, it may look like people thinking that the number on the scale doesn't reflect what their body looks like. And just having a discrepancy between that. And I'll talk a little bit about what it looked like for me in the past and what it looks like for me now. So something that I struggled a lot with growing up was weight watching. My older brother is a year and some change older than me. A little bit less than two years, right? And you know how boys grow um, at a later time compared to girls? So we were almost the same height for a long time. And because of that, I tended to compare my weight to him and it was also strange because we had doctor appointments for our physicals nearly around the same time each year so when he would find out his weight he'd want to know my weight when I found out my weight he wanted I wanted to know his weight so I can compare it and just feel okay and my family's pretty slim so it's never really been an issue about our weight if anything my older brother was a little bit underweight and I was quote-unquote normal because I was going through puberty, I was experiencing experiencing changes, but I didn't know what that meant for my body, for my weight, or any fluctuations. I remember very specifically in sixth grade, I was 94 pounds and he was 92, and from then I started gaining weight a little bit quicker. I gained 15 pounds in one year by, my, by seventh grade, and I tried to maintain 115 because I was so embarrassed and so shocked by my weight because I just kept on gaining weight and it was going mainly to my thighs, my lower body, and I started noticing my arms were getting a little bit bigger. And as older brothers do, he was poking a little bit of fun at me, but of course he didn't really understand or realize the extent of how that would make me feel or how it would affect me. So I know that some middle schools have a physical assessment where they'll weigh you and a bunch of things and sometimes they have this little tool where they'll pinch your fat and tell you what your BMI is. And once I learned what BMI was, I went insane. 
because I was considered average or normal, right? Like not a lot of muscle mass, but compared to the amount of like fat that I could pick off my body, I was like so confused because I'm like, am I a big girl or what, you know? And weight started having such a big effect on my mental health because I just consistently did not feel good in my body. I felt super uncomfortable. My mother also used to talk a lot about my body in terms of making sure that I have a nice shape. She encouraged me to wear waist trainers. And from there, I got stuck in a rabbit hole where I was consistently wearing corsets and waist trainers almost 23 hours of the day. The only time that I wasn't wearing it was when I had to shower, which of course didn't take an hour, but um, you know, it's just a rough estimate. And that was very harmful to my body. And I'll tell you a bit more later about what that looked like for me and how I still deal with issues because of the amount of time that I spent wearing waist trainers and corsets. But it was giving me the results that I wanted. I looked relatively skinny. But of course to myself, when I was seeing myself in a mirror, I just did not feel as great. I, I did not feel great at all. I was very uncomfortable still. I struggled with body dysmorphia for a long time because... Even though I started to feel relatively thin and my waist was maybe 21 inches at the time, which is an insane waist for me being 13, 14. And the weight, the waist, the scale, it just didn't match. I wanted to be 90 pounds. And then there was some really bad influences on YouTube because, of course, as a kid and as a child, your mind is very impressionable, very malleable. And I was watching videos of people's anorexia stories people's, uh, well, for specific, I was looking at Eugenia Cooney, which is, she's a very severely anemic, or, um, anorexic, excuse me, individual, and so I started comparing myself, as girls do, and then I started seeing Kim Kardashian pop off, and curvy bodies were kind of, you know, pop, again, becoming popularized, but I still wasn't comfortable. I didn't want to be curvy. I wanted to be thin, and I wanted to be small, and I wanted to be 90 pounds. And if it wasn't 90 pounds, I didn't want it at all. I started to associate my value with the number on the scale, which is very harmful. I know that now. Um, I've grown a lot since then, and I've done a lot of processing and inner work. But what body dysmorphia looks like for me now, some days are better than others. Some days are really bad. But I have a good support system, and that's what's most important. But... What it looks like for me now is as I'm trying to say, I'm so sorry, I talk over my words a little time. I'll just look in the mirror at my body for longer than needed. Or I do have a scale and that's not very healthy for me. When I had one a couple of years ago, I threw it away because I recognized that it was very harmful for me. But I'll just look at my body for a little bit too long. My weight has been fluctuating over the years. I was 115 and as I said for a while and that wasn't my body functioning at its full capacity. That wasn't the weight that my body was comfortable being. The weight that my body is comfortable being is anywhere between 120 to 125. When I started becoming more comfortable with my body and I was meeting people who were making eating become more comfortable for me, I think I took it a little bit too far. I kind of went overboard because I became about 130 pounds. And that was really hard to see because once I started not noticing how much weight I've gained, I became really depressed and I lost all the weight again and I went back to 115. Again, very unhealthy. But my, my body was just fluctuating so much because I'd be okay for a long time and then I'd relapse. And 
what it looks like for me now, earlier this year, maybe around in March, I, well, not in March, let me backtrack. I think around June, I started eating out a lot and my diet was changing. Um, I'm, pes- I'm pescatarian currently, but I started eating a lot of fatty foods and uh, foods that were heavy with grain, so a lot of carbs, right? And the most that I've been has been like 137, 138 with shoes on, <laughs> give or take. And once I realized I was gaining so much weight because I needed to get new pants, and getting new clothes because I've gotten bigger is something that I haven't really had to deal with because typically pants never really fit me in general, but seeing that the pants, I wasn't even even able to get it above my thighs, I was stressing. I was not doing well. I was really unhappy. And it made me want to relapse, starve myself so that I could fit into 115. But 136 to 115 is a really big jump, clearly. And so I decided to just make healthier eating habits. You know, just not binge when I don't need to. Don't make myself over full. You know what I mean? And I think right now I'm anywhere between 124 to 127. And I think that's a good weight for me. I definitely can exercise more and be more active, but I think I'm still processing, still learning to love and accept my body for what it is and for what it does, and that's been a journey in itself that I am telling you guys about right now. It's such a mental and emotional roller coaster to associate your value with the number on a scale, something as minuscule as that, but it's something that I've dealt with for more than half of my life, and it's something that I've tried to conquer, and some days I've done better than others, I'll be honest. But I'm still learning, and I'm human, and that's something that's expected, you know what I mean? There was a time, as I was saying before, um, I was hospitalized because of my eating habits. I think that I was leaning towards anorexia because my stomach was starting to get smaller, and I mean more so the organ. I wasn't able to eat as much food as I really needed. And what that looked like for me, if I noticed that I was getting a little bigger, and that meant just even by a pound or half a pound because I was weight watching very, very closely. So if I gained even half a pound or my pants weren't, or were more snug than usual, then my diet would change completely. I was watching my calories. I was watching how much sugar intake I had. I was watching what I drank. I wasn't drinking anything but water. And it was a very intense time for me. And I would come home from school, and all I'd have during school would be something like carrots. And once I I found out how many calories are in ranch, I think I cried. I sobbed for a long time because I love ranch. Love. I will drink it out the bucks. I'm not even lying. I'm telling you guys right now. I couldn't even be any more serious with you guys. I was eating maybe 10 carrots a day, and I would let myself, like on Fridays was my cheat day where I'd have apple juice or um, one of those like fruit cart fruit juice cartons that they have at school that say it's 100% fruit juice, but you don't even really know what's in it, you know. You can't trust anything in the U.S., to be honest. I'm just being honest with you. So I'm eating my 10 carrots, chilling, drinking my water, and water was keeping me full to the brim, and my bladder was just so small. I was using the bathroom every two seconds. I was very constipated because I wasn't having enough fiber. DMI, but there's no TMI with me, girl. You know that and wearing my waist trainers and my corsets and during PE I was getting so embarrassed because girls would ask me all the time because you know we all change in the same locker room 
what is that for? What are you wearing? Stop, please stop asking me. Or during lunch when I wasn't eating with other people. Oh, like, are you going to eat lunch? Oh, tomorrow. Oh, why didn't you eat? I'm going to eat at home, you know? And I think some of my friends were starting to notice because, you know, your friends watch you. They're very critical of the things that you're doing because they care about you. And it wasn't until this year that I started making healthier eating habits and I was trying to make eating more fun for myself. I started uh, this thing called wishful thinking is what I call it. There's, I don't know if there's a real term or anything like that, but I was trying to be more positive about things that I couldn't control. Rather than saying, oh, I hate how my body looks right now, I would just tell myself, I'm so grateful that my body can do this. For example, if I went to the gym and, you know, I'm just trying to be more fit, more toned, and I'm like sweating, I'm really bad, I can't run for longer than two minutes, I'm telling myself, I'm so grateful and so thankful that my body can do this right now, I'm so grateful that my body is healthy, and I'm so grateful that my body is functioning. And switching my mindset to that, I think, helped me the most out of anything. And when I was eating, I'm so grateful for the food that I'm able to enjoy. I'm so thankful that this food is going to nourish my body and provide me with energy. And I wasn't really watching calories anymore. And I tried my best to stay away from looking at the calories because I couldn't even understand half the things on the nutrition box, you know? And I'm here for a, short, for a, a good time. Not a long time, you know? I, like, come on. If you know somebody that's struggling with an eating disorder, be gentle, give them grace, and be kind to them. It's really important to understand what eating disorder they're dealing with because there's so many to count. A couple of them off the top of my head would include anorexia, as I mentioned before, bulimia, binge eating disorder, and not limited to those three, you know. The prevalence and importance of recognizing the signs of an eating disorder are also super important because if you're for lack of better terms, going to confront someone or someone close to you or ask them about their eating habits, you want to come from a place of grace. You do not want to tell them that you know exactly how they're feeling because that's going to invalidate them. And I've heard that several times from people uh, trying to, you know, connect with me and trying to understand the things that I'm going through. Sometimes you're unable to understand the things that they're going through. Sometimes all you can do is offer support, offer your company, and sometimes that, that's all that they need, you know? And support systems aren't limited to just your friends. It can be your family, it can be nutritionists, it can be therapists, psychiatrists. There's a lot of people, oh, I don't know if I mentioned support groups, but um, I think support groups is helpful. People that are also going through the same thing as you can offer you a little bit of like consolation. I know my best friend at the time was also struggling with an eating disorder, and I knew a couple other people just because I was... Not that I was mimicking their behaviors, but their behaviors were very similar to mine, so I kind of picked up on it. Or you kind of notice when, for example, if I look at myself in the mirror and I don't look as thin as I wanted to, or I don't look as curvy as I wanted to, I know those don't really make sense, but I would just look at myself for too long. And I noticed my best friend would do the same thing about herself. She would look at herself and just have like a disapproving look on her face, and I would just try my best to encourage her. It, when we were eating together, it was very healing, and we started our healing to, healing journey together this year, where we started going to Aldi's and cooking dinners and making things fun instead of making it feel like a chore. And through that, I learned how to create healthy habits. I know that as a girl, 
I have to give myself so much grace because my body goes through so much every month. Periods alone, please. And I'm thankful that I don't really get bad cramps anymore. But actually, backtracking, when I was not eating, I wasn't getting my period. I would I would miss my period for about seven months at a time. I saw a nutritionist. I saw every doctor that you could think in the book because wearing the corset and trainer during the pivotal years of my development stopped my spine from developing completely and I developed uh, a small shift of scoliosis. It wasn't anything severe that I needed surgery for, but there was a lot of liquid in my uh, between my bones and they said that they could drain it because I was having a lot of pain. And even thinking back to it, since I also wasn't eating, I was anemic. I had vitamin D deficiency, a, a really severe one where I had to take um, 50,000 milligrams of uh, vitamin D every week for two months because it, girl. And then the anemia um, is something that I still struggle with. Earlier this year, I was hospitalized every week for a month where I was getting a blood transfusion of anemia and IV and it was very painful. They gave me a lot of hard pain re pain relievers, but after the fact, my arm would be hurting for the the week up until I'd be getting the next shot. So my arm was just numb and sore for a month straight. And you're just sitting there for two hours, taking it, honey. Taking all the, the iron that you can get. And it's not something that you feel immediate relief because it, I think that the pain of my arm was just keeping me awake so I, I was also struggling with sleep and not eating whoop-de-doo makes you struggle with sleep and sleep is very very important very crucial crucial to your healing process and that's something that I realized as well I used to be someone that struggled a lot with fatigue I would sleep 15 hours a day wake up tired and it, it just was a cycle that was never ending for me this episode is getting a little bit long, so I think I'm going to go ahead and end this with my gratefulness. Thinking back on all of the pain that I endured during that time period where I was struggling the most with my eating disorder, I could not even express to you the amount of pain that I was in. And I'm not even talking about emotional. That's a whole different story. Okay, I'm talking about physical pain. My back, 8 out of 10 every day. I was taking Tylenol. I was popping those pills like crazy. I could not handle it. I would wake up glued to my bed because my body hurt so bad. My sister would be giving me a massage just to try to help me alleviate the pain. I saw countless doctors. I went to physical therapy a couple times. And by a couple times, I mean a couple different doctors. I probably went for over a year and a half combined. And I found healthier ways to mediate the pain. Now it's not as bad as it's, as it's been before. I think now I'm maybe like at a 3 out of 10 um, some days it's an 8 out of 10, but it's just very tempor temporary. It's usually just knots that are in my back. But the fatigue that I used to feel where I was sleeping 15 hours a day, woke up tired. I'd be falling asleep mid-conversation. And now my sleep is the best that it's ever been. I wake up feeling well-rested and I'm a lot happier. So I'm very thankful and grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for allowing me to be healthier for allowing me to make better decisions for myself and to put myself first. And I'm also very grateful for my sister, Munti. She is my absolute best friend. I love and cherish her so much. I've been able to spend a lot more time with her lately and recently, 
and it's been really nice it's been very healing because she is a reflection of me and i adore her so much so if you're listening minty i love you so much and i cannot wait to hang out with you again also a couple special special seconds nami i love you so much light i love you so much brie i love you so much mickey mickey you are behind okay and i love all of you guys i love you guys all so much i hope you have a wonderful and happy healing weekend cheers to you cheers to me and i'll see you guys in two weeks